0: While clinicians focus on the primary respiratory symptoms of COVID-19, in the background there are a number of other insidious consequences. For example, COVID infection, causes initiation of a severe, uncontrollable inflammation. We talked about this last week. It's the systemic inflammatory response. And there's three things that happen with systemic inflammation, especially that that's out of control. And that is we have vasodilation, capillary permeability, and clotting. And that third component is what we're going to talk about today. So one consequence of severe inflammation is disseminated intravascular coagulopathy, DIC. DIC causes both bleeding and clotting at the same time and can cause your patient to be at risk for developing a venous thromboembolism because we have the clotting component. Welcome To the Nurse Tutor podcast. Here you will find tips and time savers that are useful, practical, and understandable to help you improve your nursing care. So, how does a respiratory infection cause venous thromboembolism? Well, first, a little brief pathophysiology of sepsis and multi-organ dysfunction. When we have sepsis, that's an out-of-control inflammatory reaction that's going on. And in this case, it's caused by the COVID infection. So it causes inflammation that is occurring throughout the body inflammation normally occurs when we have some kind of invader for example let's say you got a cut on your finger and you get some bacteria in that cut well we would expect an inflammatory response to try to wall off that bacteria fight it off so that you don't get septic from a little cut on your finger so we don't want that bacteria going anywhere we want our body to be able to fight it off right there on the spot that's okay when it is something that's local And it's well-controlled when it's local. However, when we have an infection that is going throughout the body, as we have with COVID, then we're going to end up having this out-of-control inflammatory response. Remember, again, the three consequences of inflammation are vasodilation, capillary permeability, and clotting. The third component of that, the clotting piece, is the piece we're going to talk about today. COVID causes this hypermetabolic state that is similar to that of a burn injury. In the Cronin article that is in our show notes, you'll see, they found a higher doses of unfractionated heparin and low molecular weight heparin were required in burn patients to prevent them from developing venous thromboembolism. There's also another article there by Dutt. At all. And they found that by using anoxaparin of 40 milligrams twice a day, or anoxaparin 0.5 milligrams per kilogram twice daily, or unfractionated heparin, 7,500 units three times a day, had an enhanced effect in their patients with severe COVID infections. So what does this do? We're finding that maybe because of this out-of-control inflammatory response that we're needing higher doses of these preventative measures in order to try to prevent the patient from developing the venous thromboemboli. And so how do we control this or how do we Figure out whether or not we have an adequate amount of our anticoagulant to be able to prevent VTE. Well, we're following these things called anti-XA levels, So, and that's the, the factor 10 in the coagulation cascade. So we're following the anti-factor 10 level. And if we find that that level is starting to elevate, then we need to increase the dose of the medication. So in short, there is a protocol for being able to monitor whether or not our therapy is effective. The other piece that we need to keep in mind, though, is that there are lots of nursing interventions that we can do that also help to prevent the patient from developing a venous thromboembolism. So turning positioning, ambulation. Of course, ambulation would be a very good one to do if we could. But a lot of our patients with COVID are so sick and are having such severe respiratory distress, they can't get out of bed. So that may not be an option for that patient. But we can use our SCDs, those are sequential compression devices, those little calf squeezers you put on. Uh, Those will help, at least uh, theoretically, they help to decrease the chance of venous thromboemboli. We also want to be assessing these patients for venous thromboemboli. So that may not be like front and center of your mind. When your patient is exhibiting respiratory distress, when your patient's maybe having shock type symptoms because of this sepsis syndrome, it may not be front and center of your mind to be assessing for venous thromboemboli. And that's why I'm bringing it up here is that we really need to have a higher incidence of our awareness of the possibility that the patient could develop a venous thromboemboli and assess for it. So what are the takeaways? COVID infection can cause coagulopathy and increases our venous thromboembolism risk. Therefore, we want to make sure that we are providing venous thromboembolism prophylaxis and that we are assessing for our venous thromboemboli in our patients. So COVID-19 causes many complications that can have devastating effects, encourage proper prevention strategies, watch for additional complications. To find out more about sepsis, see our YouTube video, Managing Distributive Shock. It's on our YouTube page. You can just go there and search for The Nursing Prof. Or you can go to the show notes and you can click on the link. The Nurse Tutor Podcast is available on iTunes, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe so you never miss an episode. Get nursing news, tips, time savers, etc. sent right to your inbox by subscribing to the Nursing Prof newsletter. Go to thenursingprof.com. Thanks for joining me this week. Until next time, bye now.